Welcome to Meltdown to Mastery, the podcast that empowers you to unlock your true potential. I'm your host, Jane Marquis ND. Today we are joined by Lisa Jara, a trailblazer in menstrual health and holistic well-being. Lisa shares her profound journey of breaking free from societal conditioning and subconscious programming, realizing that the true expert on oneself lies within. With her wisdom as a menstrual health agent of change and womb whisperer, Lisa now guides women who are menstruating, are in perimenopause or menopause to embrace their body's wisdom, addressing deeper causes of health challenges and navigating life transitions with unshakable trust. Join us as we embark on a quiet yet powerful revolution eroding patriarchy from the inside out and empowering sacred rebels to rewrite their own stories. Welcome to Meltdown to Mastery, empowering women to overcome midlife crisis by rewiring the subconscious mind. Feeling overwhelmed, disillusioned, stuck? We all have. Here we explore inspiration, and empowerment to navigate through the tough times and move to a place where hearts soar, minds manifest, and bodies heal. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, so good to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. But I also want to just start with this quote that you gave, and it is, I have been conditioned, as many people have, that the expert on me lies somewhere outside myself. And I'm sure that led you to what you're teaching now, which is to teach others and especially women to listen to that inner knowing and wisdom about their own bodies and, you know, our cycles and wombs and you're a womb whisperer. (laughs) (laughs) So just take it away. Yeah, thanks. And um, it's I, I sometimes even say I'm not even teaching. I'm inviting you into the experience of your own inner power, your own inner magic, your own inner wisdom, because it's it's this felt sense with all your senses that, oh, yeah, there's something inside of me. And that's what I'm after. <laughs> Basically, I, I, I lead a quiet revolution, as I say, quiet yet powerful for sacred rebels who want to radically trust their own inner knowing and their body's wisdom. Uh, to lead their lives, to release trauma, to release internalized shame that often comes with all the programming that we've had growing up Mm -hmm. um, so that they can take back, like reclaim their power and and be that powerful being that they are because you are. Yeah, (laughs) We all are. (laughs) Yeah, such an important message. And you even said that your perceptions of the world or situations you would feel would be wrong and that you had to go looking for validation and approval out there mm-hmm. from someone else. And we're all programmed to do that today, aren't we? We are. And like, I, I don't even want to say that I've completely overcome that or anything. Like, I often still find myself going like, but but, but I'm looking for the answer somewhere outside. Um, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to take my own medicine and uh, focus on what do I actually want. <laughs> And and how can I have more of that in my life? If I may just say, like concerning the woman's breath thing. So I, I work a lot with women and menstruating folks on 
their issues, their menstrual health challenges that go for me at least well into menopause, into the menopause journey. And and so often we, we go to the doctors because we want answers, because we don't know what's happening in our own bodies, because no one told us or taught us. And all we get is like, well, there's nothing you can do. So like, even when you look outside for answers, you don't get them. And so just go into some of that philosophy and how you teach people to listen. Well, a big part of it is uh, what I call embodied cyclical living. So you may or may not have heard of cyclical living, which is basically living in tune with your own cycle. And uh, to preface that, I like you can have a menstrual cycle. Most of us know the menstrual cycle. But when you cross into perimenopause and menopause and postmenopause, you still cycle. Like as a woman or menstruator on this planet, you continue cycling. It's just with the moon instead of with the blood. So you still have the cyclical rhythm that gets mixed up a little in perimenopause until there is a new rhythm coming. But when you are mindful and feel into what's present for you every day, And I do that on a daily basis. I do this little check-in going like, okay, it's this day of my cycle. It's this phase because we have these beautiful four phases that are a little like uh, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Um, and, And what are three words that describe me today? Then over time, when I do that for a few months, I can see rhythms. And that is so powerful to realize because then your body isn't, isn't any longer this unpredictable wild animal Mm. but you start to see oh oh there is like some logic even behind that in the cyclical experience and that can massively relieve the mind because there is suddenly the sense of there is a bit of control not control in the grasping kind of control way but okay there is a rhythm here and i can work with that yeah, because sometimes oh, yeah. it feels it feels out of control, right? But when you see the, like you're saying, when you see the geometry or the rhythm in it, mm-hmm. then you trust it more and you're just going more with the flow and in being in the moment. Exactly. And I often say your cycle is your compass because it shows you your true north at menstruation or in case you don't menstruate anymore, then it's at dark moon. So when the moon is not visible in the sky, that's the darkest, deepest, lowest, like low in energy phase that we have in a cycle. And that's the time where we are the most connected to our true self. And so when we take a moment, it doesn't have to be like a break of three days, but maybe we take like 10 minutes of journaling and going for the question like, who am I? Or something like that. We can get to know ourselves on a deeper level and really decipher who am I and why am I here and what do I want for my life? And then we might forget over the rest of the cycle and then next menstruation or dark moon, we come back to it. Our body will make us come back to it. But this means that over the course of a cycle, we can decipher like what's mine and what isn't in the sense of like, what do I want? And what is maybe programming that I believe I should want, but it's not really me who wants it. Then we can, with the, with the period or with the dark moon, we can shed it, like literally, <laughs> physically shedding it or um, on a on a mind level or a spiritual level even we shed it and that means 
cycle by cycle, we come become more and more ourselves, like the truth, the true us. That's why I often say in 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 the in the center, like the the seasons, your inner seasons are revolving around you, and in the center there's this true you, and that can come out and shine through. Yep. I have women who are seventy, like clients who are in their seventies, and they start tracking their cycle, and they are like amazed by the wonders and and wisdom their body holds, and I'm, uh, uh, I love that. Yeah, how beautiful! It reminds me of a spiral. If we mm-hmm. think of it as a spiral, because we come back to the same place, but we've grown a bit each yes. time. And I love how you say to shed some of the programs each time, and you're reminded as you come back in the cycle to do that. Yeah, and it's even very interesting, like when you observe yourself over the course of the cycle, and you you can even track like thought patterns or something. You might experience, oh, it's always around day 20 that I'm having this big argument with my partner. (laughs) And so next time around, you know, oh, there might be time for an argument. So you can pre-warn people (laughs) or just be mindful of it yourself. Yeah. And so why is the dark moon the best time to connect with who we really are? Because of the darkness, literally in the darkness. And I mean... The darkness has a really bad reputation, especially in the cultures and societies we've grown up in. It's something we try to avoid. We turn on the lights to chase away the darkness instead of just sitting under the canopy of stars because there's never like no light. I once heard someone say darkness is not an absence of light, but like it's invisible. You can't see it at the moment. And also looking at the night sky, that's when the stars are most visible. So it's where these golden nuggets come through. <laughs> and because uh, we have like usually less energy uh, around that time, the moon isn't sending us the, the sun's light, so less energy. Um, that's when our, our inner truth can come up. Because when we've got energy... Uh, our programming takes over and like our thoughts can suppress the rest. But when we have less energy, that's when everything comes up. And I'm just reminded that like, for example, when you've had a bad night's sleep, I personally am much more vulnerable and tender during a day after a bad night's sleep because I have less energy and it's easier to go through the day when you've had a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why at, at that point, Uh, We are very, very inward connected. Also, that is the most spiritual and psychic of times in in a month. And it's really really interesting. I read about Native American traditions where the women who bled were all lying or sleeping in a tent, uh, in the moon tent. And they were sleeping with their heads to the center. And the next morning, they would have to go to the chief and report their dreams. And while one woman's dream may not have anything interesting to say, looking at all of them combined, people were able to see rhythms and patterns and would even know where to go hunting for animals. Mm -hmm. And we are really, really connected to the earth and her rhythms when we are bleeding or when it's the dark moon. So interesting. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, I will take someone's case if they're sick because they're in a low energy place and they're very much living what 
is coming up in the subconscious at that time. So it's an easy time to find what needs to be healed. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I totally relate to what you're saying. So you help women must be in discord as well, because PCOS, some of these very painful periods or endometriosis or this kind of thing. Can you shed some light on what women might be going through? Yeah, well, very often the first thing I uh, move to is getting people in touch with their bodies. We are so conditioned to be anywhere but in our bodies that in the beginning, like we can even feel hatred towards our own bodies because they don't behave the way society says they should. (laughs) They can't be easily controlled. They are these wild animals that we don't understand the language of. And so the first step is always uh, starting to build a relationship to listen and when i when i think of my personal experience like i have a long journey with anorexia and orthorexia so anorexia is like basically trying not to eat and orthorexia is eating only healthy foods where healthy is what i make of it Mm -hmm. and not like generally healthy and like i had so much shame and hatred for my own body, for my being. And when I went into a mental health clinic in 2017, I started turning that around. I started to get in touch with my feminine side because all beings have feminine and masculine energies. Uh, so feminine being this like receptive, dark place. And I realized that when countries are at war, You can never go from war to love in one go. There has to first be some kind of truth. And then you can start listening to the other party. And then you might even understand why they are doing what they are doing. And then you develop this mutual mutual respect. And at some point it can become trust, mutual trust. And who knows, maybe even love. I'm not there with my body yet, but I know that in 2017, the truth started. (laughs) And since then, I have built quite a powerful relationship with my body. I still don't always understand her, but it has become loads better. And knowing about the cycles and the rhythm, I can be so much more compassionate with myself and my body. For example, where before I would be, I was would criticize myself when I had gained a kilo or something. I, I'm now like, oh, next week I'll be on my period, and after that, my weight is going to like it, it's going to fluctuate because that's rhythmic it's normal so i don't even have to change my eating habits or anything everything is going to be okay and there is this rhythm going on and i can trust it and that has freed up so much space and energy that i can start enjoying my life instead right because that's 25 percent of your Mm -hmm. life if you spend it in loathing and not understanding and almost fighting with your body, right? Yeah. And that's where most of us are. Like we are fighting our bodies because we don't understand them, because we get this impression that that there's something wrong with them, like inherently wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And I know it can be a bit of a stretch to accept that pain or symptoms that your body shows are messages and 
Like you have to figure out what this message wants to tell you, especially when it's pain. That's really hard. And uh, I talk of exp out of experience because I experienced extreme excruciating menstrual pain. <laughs> Uh, there were times where I couldn't get off the couch for two days straight, being nauseous and all of the, all of the things. And then it can, of course, be hard to not hate your body or your cycle. But at that point, I was already in this space where I had quite a good relationship with my body, and I'm like, okay, I still haven't got to the <laughs> like to the root. So let's let's keep trying and let's keep doing these daily check-ins. Oh, because what I forget is when I do these check-ins of like what day of my cycle is it and what are three words that describe how I am today, a very powerful way to close this is and how can I honor that today? Which means that I may have a low energy day and be inward and have five meetings on my plate. And the goal is not to reduce the five meetings, but how can I honor my my own inwardness throughout the meetings can i maybe uh, not spend the lunch break with my colleagues but instead go somewhere where i can be with myself can i maybe not take the lead in in the meeting and just lean back a little bit uh and and just finding ways little ways to honor what your body is experiencing that day your body heart mind and soul actually and i believe that when we show our body these these little little bits of compassion they will be so grateful they will like reward us massively in return yeah i feel that our body is a mirror of what's going on in the mind and often the subconscious because the place that we're unaware right of what's the, where the discord lies yeah and then we're we we're so programmed to be perfect Mm -hmm. That this acceptance is the first step to self-love, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. That's what I say. I that's where I start with with women to look at okay, what is their relationship with their body and their cycle actually like? Because what we find with a lot of women with PCOS, as we with endometriosis, with painful bleeds, with PMS, is that they don't have much of a relationship. That their body is this foreign thing, and that they they experience when they even just even just touching your skin can give them a sense of like ah oh, ooh that feels good like I'm landing I'm landing in my body. I just want to say that like this society doesn't make it easy for us to be in our bodies, and then also we have all these emotions going on in our body. So it can be really painful and uncomfortable to be in the body in the first place. And we might have experienced some traumatic events in our life, which also doesn't make the body a safe place to be. Mm. So to start all of this, we have to remember or like to make help our body feel that it's safe to that it's safe on its own. And then our kind of our mind to feel safe in the body. And there are lots of tools and, and like self-massage practices. And as I said, just stroking your arm, like gently caressing your arms or your legs can be such a beautiful act of self-love that is so simple to do, yet we forget. And often I think that our bodies are like our avatar for this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know our our vessel that holds our spirit for for learning and 
just to realize that they're companions and Mm -hmm. to nurture that body because it is carrying us through. Anyway, I think, yeah, what you were saying, just to touch yourself lovingly, like your mother would, right? Like your Mm -hmm. mother might have touched your arm or your leg. Like when I tune into that, it brings tears because we just don't do it enough. And many of us haven't even experienced it from our mothers or mm-hmm. from our caregivers. And it's up to us to reclaim this inner mother and, and learn to take care of ourselves, which is another big piece that I, I find and in clients and that I work with uh, people on is this inherent sense of worthiness that's lacking because of the experiences they have gone through. They have deduce that they are not worthy not worthy in general not worthy of being loved not worthy of being supported not worthy of having needs in the first place mm-hmm. and so it's often really hard to actually even know what we want from our life that that we can want something that we are allowed to want something we may not always get it okay but we are allowed to want something. Uh, and in and, and that sense, like allowing us to dream into what could be. And that's definitely part of how I got through my personal dark night of the soul is this constant questioning of what would I like to have happen? What, yeah. what do I want for my life? Okay, this is not it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we all know what we don't want, but it's really hard to know what we actually want. And I believe it's because we have never been asked what we wanted, especially as women and people socialized as women. And if we have been asked, uh, a usual answer is like, yeah, but that is not possible or not possible for you. <laughs> and so like it has to be dimmed already. <laughs> We, we can't even dream into what we would like to have happen because there is some kind of, yeah, but that's not possible for me, which is a programming, of course. And a lived reality for marginalized folks. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking back to childhood when we do look for that comfort outside of ourselves. That's the very first mm-hmm. start of the subconscious programming and the belief that it comes from outside ourselves. And so we have to unravel that and learn that it comes from inside, that we can comfort ourselves and talk lovingly to ourselves. Yeah. Then, and then when you truly learn to listen, you can hear what your soul purpose is. And like yours, it could never have come without all of that difficult post learning, like who you are now and i think just being grateful for all of all of that came before gave you such wisdom mm-hmm. i am definitely grateful for all of that for all the learning i've gone through because of that and what i wanted to refer to earlier is that for some parts of healing we we actually do need other people because as you said so well is that like much of what happened like or, or what we bring to the table right now is what happened or due to what happened when we were little children many of us experience internalized shame because there was a situation where something wrong was done to you and there was no one around like you knew you had a sense that there is something that's not right 
but there was no one around to stand it up, speak up for you. Or the, those that were around, like they either didn't look, they agreed with the person who did the thing, or there was no one around. And so you deducted, okay, if, then I must be wrong. And so today we run around believing we are wrong. Uh, and, and in those cases, it needs someone else to reflect back to us that, no, we're not. Like There was something serious going on there that shouldn't have happened. And I speak about that because like I, in my relationship with my husband, which I'm extremely grateful for, finally heal stuff from my upbringing with my mother, where he shows me just such a different perspective. He like <laughs> basically turns my world upside down with his, uh, with his reactions to certain behavior I do, for example, that my mother has always deemed me being difficult, complicated, not spontaneous. And he's like, well, you've got your way and you like it this way, but <laughs> what's the bad thing about that? <laughs> and so that allows for a deep layer of healing through which I can finally find that mother in myself and give that to myself too. So when he's not around, but it, and I think it even started with, with my um, best therapist that I ever had. Uh, because she also took that role of being this compassionately loving witness, turning my thought world upside down <laughs> with her provocations. Like for me, to me, it felt provocative, but she was just, yeah, that could also be a way to look at things at the, at the situation. And I think that's where I started to develop this inner mother that, that can now, when I'm having an emotional day, that can come in and say, Hey, it's okay. Let it all out. Go cry and release the emotion. It's all good. I've got your back. Mm -hmm. And I think that that took a while, a long time to develop. So lovely. And have you connected what happened to you and the pain that was involved to the painful periods? Well, yeah, in a way I have, um, because I do know that I hold a lot of anger. That is a very difficult emotion to have, especially for women and people socialized as women. It's one that little girls are rejected for. Like when we are little, we learn that an angry child, an angry girl gets rejected. But when you cry, you are embraced, taken in their arms, soothed. So today very often and I check in with myself every time I cry am I sad or am I actually just fucking angry and I must say that more often than not I am just really angry um, and I know that the anger is part of of the deal with my my menstrual pain yeah and you can yeah. hold that anger in a certain part of your body as well yeah and also the womb is where women and menstruating folks hold their emotions, their like their stuck emotions basically, like the the emotional stress stressors. It's we all the trauma, it's all stored in the body and especially in the womb. And that's why we see so much related to the womb happening. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that anger really comes out during perimenopause or menopause. 
mm-hmm. because maybe it's been trapped till then. But could you talk on what you teach people now in perimenopause and moving into menopause and trusting that process? Yeah. So um, as I shared earlier, that it's it's a disconcerting process you don't know how long it's going to go you get your period or you don't then it, the bleed lasts for far longer than expected or not um and like a first thing to really get a sense of okay i'm doing something here is this these are these check-ins to just on the daily go like okay what's happening right now what's present for me and how can i honor that in my day just to have something to hold on to and then um Perimenopause and menopause is, um, to me, like very much connected to the autumn phase of our cycle. Um, so as I shared earlier, we've got like spring, like winter, spring, summer, and autumn. So winter being menstruation or the dark moon, um, spring being the follicular phase or the waxing moon phase, um, summer being ovulation or the full moon phase. And autumn being the luteal phase uh, and and premenstrual phase, um, or the waning moon phase, and this autumn time is usually a time for self reflection, and also a truth speaking time. It's our truth speaking time. Like we are not so easily to be messed with, and since perimenopause falls into that category. Like after summer, which would be comparable to like motherhood or parenthood, comes the the enchantress phase, as I like to call it, where we, we kind of know what we're up for and where people shouldn't mess with us. And I think there is this little disconnect sometimes. That's what what's um, why it's so difficult between what's mine, what's my truth, and what part of my life ever am I living just because I think it's expected of me? Like what part of my life did I build around other people's expectations of me? For me, especially this like midlife crisis moment, uh, I call it a midlife awakening because we suddenly realize, oh, I have been building my life around other people's expectations. And instead of going into the, oh my God, how could I like turning this um this anger at ourselves which we very often will do it's better to direct it outwards and they go like yeah fuck and now i can decide what i do with my life and and really get get clear on who i am and what i want the rest of my life to look like because let's face it it's midlife like perimenopause you've still half a life in front of you that you can now like live according to your own choosing because you know yourself better or you can get to know yourself on a on a different level. So to uh, also reframe this perimenopause menopause journey, which in our society has a really bad reputation. Uh, it's when where many people think, oh, now I'm getting old and wrinkly. I'm of no use anymore. I'm not even reproducing anymore. Uh, but when you look at cultures that are very much connected to nature, those people are revered for their wisdom. They are coming to the wisdom years where they share their life experience with the community so that everybody can learn from that. And I think it's a really, really great time. And something that I also like to mention is that we often don't even understand what's going on in our body 
and why all these strange things happening like oh my god i'm forgetting things am i uh, having dementia or uh, what's what's up it's that our brain where before there was a connection between the brain and the ovary now our brain has to switch to to a pathway between the brain and the adrenals uh, because the the estrogen that was produced when you when you had eggs ripening each month uh, will now be produced by the adrenals and so your brain is busy creating these new pathways so of course it doesn't have as much energy to like remember stuff for example but once it has established these new pathways it will return back to normal so understanding it as a phase that we can make peace with yeah. and that we can embrace. So beautiful, Lisa. I loved all <laughs> that. You know, especially the what we call that midlife crisis, but what it is is an awakening. I love that because you're awakening to the fact that, you know, you might have lived someone else's dream and that you can be angry about that and move beyond it and create a whole new chapter that could be more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Yeah, and, and I don't I think like young women should start thinking about perimenopause and learn about it so that they don't fear it. They are not afraid because it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If all your life you've heard how, what a terrible time that is with the hot flushes and the weight gain and all of the things, then guess what? What we focus on <laughs> grows. <laughs> so if we focus on that being a bad time, guess what you'll have? Probably a bad time. When instead we can embrace this thought that it is an opportunity, a journey to embrace yourself on a whole new level, then it can be so much more easeful. And something I also like to remind people is that as women and menstruating folks, we die every month. Like we go through this death process with the shedding, either at menstruation or at dark moon, and then we are reborn again, so to speak. And when we learn how to consciously journey this process month by month, we are so much better prepared for the bigger life transitions. And yeah, I think that's a really great thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a relief. Very much so. How does someone who no longer menstruates start to tune into? the same rhythms. There are different ways. I have a friend who, due to a hysterectomy, started her menopause journey early and she really just goes day by day by day. She isn't interested in like tracking the cycles. I always say where for a menstruator, day one is the first day of the bleed. For a non like non-menstruating person, it's day one is the dark moon day. So when the moon is not visible in the sky, some people refer to it as new moon day. But anyway, we're talking of the same thing here. That's day one. And then you just number the days consecutively until you arrive at the next dark moon. And basically for, for the first few days, you would be in your inner winter. And you just record one, two or three words each day. And I've got a little chart that you can download on my website um, if you want that in a like printing it out kind of way. You can, of course, also use an app to track the cycles. Um, but it would just go day of the cycle, phase of the cycle. So in our winter, in our spring, in our summer, in our autumn, 
because there are different energies to it. So you will kind of know when you change. And then you go with one, two or three words for the day. And when you've done that for, say, three months or four months, then you can start placing these uh, sheets of paper next to one, uh, next to each other and see if there is any pattern. Because very often what we find is that the words you use in spring are always similar or those that you use in summer are similar to each other. They might not be the, say, the exact same but they have a similar frequency. And then you can also find these days, as I as I said, ooh, I usually have a big argument on my day 20 or something. <laughs> and how would you recognize a dark moon day? Uh, there are moon calendars uh, everywhere. So you can just Google that, basically. Yeah, it, it's really easy to find out. Even just attuning to the moon is... And, and knowing what kind of phase the moon is in is wonderful for any woman or any menstruator because I said that we we return back to the moon like no, I didn't just say return to the moon cycle when we when we've crossed over into postmenopause. But actually I see it as we return back to the moon cycle because the moon cycle is our blueprint cycle and our menstrual cycle is just shaped after the moon cycle. Menstrual mens coming from the word moon. And so we we just return back to grandmother moon. Like really bathing, for example, in the full moonlight and really, uh, yeah, refuel our batteries, for example, and has lots of benefits. So when it's roughly the full moon, and again, you can look those dates up on the internet as well, go out or sit a while under the canopy of stars in the moonlight and um, allow that to, yeah, shine on you, seep into your cells and regenerate your cells and what is a blueprint cycle i would say it's an like an archetypal cycle and i personally i i'm very mindful when i use archetypes or say an archetypal cycle because you have your cyclical experience and i believe that your body is always right for you so where like an archetypal cycle will go, okay, the inner winter, which is dark moon, has this like low energy, inward, spiritually connected. The inner spring, the waxing moon phase would be like going out, um, like energy returning, having maybe lots of ideas, uh, freshness, basically like what nature does in spring. And then at full moon in our summer, it's this showing what I've got, showing who I am, shining like the moon does, reflect the sun's light. And then towards autumn and with the waning moon phase, we we start to, to prune what's working for us, what isn't, which uh, like metaphorical fruits that I have um, harvested, do I want to keep and what can be shed on, in the next winter phase. And so that is a, an archetypal cycle but I always say just because the archetypal cycle says that in inner summer, you are more outward, more expressive, you like to be around people, doesn't mean that has to be the case for you. Because I, for example, when I am, I'm in the height of my summer, I don't want to see anybody and I have a little ovulation pain. And I, uh, I think of the people in, for example, Spain or Italy, they hold a siesta, or probably Mexico, they hold a siesta at noon. 
noon also being like the full noon, full moon, summer is all the same energetic quality and they hold a siesta. So maybe the energy that's created at full moon is too much for your system and you need to retreat back. And that's fine, but you have to know about it and you can only find out when you start charting your cycle. Right. And listening to what's mm -hmm. going on inside. Exactly. I love that you teach that it's individual. It has to be. Like the programming teaches us a lot about standard humans, but no one is a standard human. So what else can you share today, Lisa? But definitely that there, I believe there is this light inside of you that knows the way. And the darkness, when you're going through a dark phase, helps you to remember that light. And sometimes you might need someone else to reflect that light back to you. Not because you can't hold yourself, not because you are not worthy, not because uh, you want to look for the answer outside, just because sometimes it's easier together. And, and I think we humans are social creatures. And so sometimes we just need other people to see ourselves mirrored in their experience mirrored in their words and it's it can feel deeply validating and especially for women and people socialized as women there is this deep trauma that some call the sisterhood wound uh, because as women we have been set up against one another to compete for men because men were the only way to secure our livelihood in the days and so we have been put up against one another that's why we see a lot of competition there But when we start putting that aside, and it's not an easy journey, I know that, it's really worthwhile when you suddenly find women that you can talk to and you say or they say something and everyone goes, mm -hmm, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because no one else can, like no one but a woman or a person socialized as a woman can understand that level of depth to an experience. Not for everything, of course, but since we all have privileges in, in the society and different statuses, for, for something you need someone similar to you to feel truly understood. Yes, and it, it can be like a mirror, like you said, and just mm -hmm. help us reflect on what's really going on inside. Yeah, and that's how like humans learn through story and humans learn and grow by being in circle. It, we've always done that through the millennia and we have forgotten how good it feels. And by now I, I know many places that where, where people create these um, circles where each one is really equal because I know there are circles out there where there is still like one is the leader and wants themselves to be seen as the leader. But I also know a lot of circles where the leader is part of the group. And at one point, this person leads. And at another point, another person leads because they have just different gifts and talents. And when you make the effort of like going deep with yourself and understanding your true gifts and talents and bringing that more into your life, it's the most liberating feeling. And that's what set me on my path eventually. Like I understood in that clinic that I'm meant to be working with people, not in finances. And, and so I've, I've made a shift to 180. 
Right. And somehow in the circle, as each contributes, there's this wealth of information or knowledge that comes Mm -hmm. forward that we didn't even know existed in us. Yeah. And there's even this field being created that that holds all of us and all the experiences. And that's resonating. I, I like to say it's reverberating in our bones. Like we can really feel it on the cellular level. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you, Lisa. How do people find you and learn more of what you're teaching or sharing? Yeah, sure. Um, So my website is probably a good place to start. If you want to be in touch with me, I do write my Moonday Musings, which is an e-letter, a personal e-letter, because I like to write letters that I write every Monday, Moon Day, because Monday is named after the moon. It was originally called Moon Day. And it's actually like, I know here it's now the start of the week and the work week and people hate Mondays, but I want to reclaim the Moon Day because Moon Day means a day for reflection and turning inwards and processing emotions. And like my Weekly newsletters are supposed to inspire that little bit of time to yourself to have a more mindful start into the week. So that's a good place to start. Oh, I love that. Okay. And I will put your website in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was really a oh, lovely and deep conversation. And I like me a deep conversation. If you've enjoyed the information in this episode, Share it with someone you care about and know will benefit. There is one thing for certain. Meltdowns are inevitable. Let's move into mastery together. In the show notes, you'll find my link tree, which has links to many of the most popular platforms. You'll also find links to connect to the featured guest, webpage, and social media. Thanks again for being committed to mastery. Change in this world really starts within each of us.